Hey guys, welcome back. You're listening to the Don't Be Negative podcast. This is Ashlyn, your host. And today on the podcast episode, we're going to be talking all about second shooters. So turn up the volume and let's get started. First and foremost, let's do our weekly recap. So we had a free weekend this past weekend, and we ended up spending most of the weekend with friends and family. We had a barbecue and a cookout with a good friend of ours. And then Sunday, I had a few sessions that I needed to photograph for some families, and then I edited those. So it was a pretty laid-back and chill weekend for the most part. I was a little bit under the weather the beginning of this week, but now that we've made it through the week and I've recovered and rested well, I'm feeling a lot better, and I'm ready for this weekend's upcoming wedding, which is, we have two, which is so exciting. So I'm not going to talk about those now. We'll talk about those next week when I recap them. But just to let you guys know, we do have two weddings. One is in Kentucky, one is in North Carolina, and I'm so excited. So today we're talking all about being a lead photographer, working with a second shooter. There's a lot of things that I require my second shooters to know how to do or how to navigate. I've had a lot of horror stories with second shooters, sadly. And I've also made really great friends from second shooters, as well as maybe even lifetime friends. And there's recently a stigma around second shooting saying that once you've been in the business for long enough, you shouldn't be a second shooter. And I don't think that's true at all. I think Continuing to second shoot when you're a well-seasoned photographer can really, one, help avoid burnout, and two, just keep your creativity open and be able to learn from someone else. Because the moment you stop learning things is the day you're wrong. You should be learning something new every day. I feel learning something new every day is the only way that you continue to step forward and progress in your career. So there are a few things that I require of my second shooters, and one of them is to have been already proficiently working weddings. I photograph every wedding with a second shooter. I don't offer a package that doesn't include one, and there's so many reasons for that, which is why I require so much of my second shooters. And I call them second shooters. Some people do not like that term. They will say second photographer or associate photographer. I don't like calling my second shooters associate photographers because that makes it seem like they work under me, like under my business name. And on the day of they do, but they aren't an employee of my business. So I don't want to confuse my clients thinking that they are an employee of mine when they have their own photography business and I'm just contracting them in. So I require them to already be working in the wedding industry. I like to see a portfolio from them that they've either shot for another photographer or full wedding galleries that they've done as a lead photographer. That way I can kind of get a grasp for how they shoot, kind of what angles they look for, and to kind of know what their style is. I'm not worried about their editing style because they won't be editing. I look for high quality in their images and I look for professional work. I have hired second shooters that are new into the wedding industry when I've been on a budget and I needed to cut back on a second shooter services, or maybe the couple didn't have a huge budget for a second photographer or second shooter, and I still wanted to bring somebody with me. 
So that's an option you have where you can offer a little bit less pay than a full price second photographer, but they just might not be as skilled or as, as experienced as someone you would pay more for, which 100% makes perfect sense because the more experience someone has, the more you're going to pay for them. I also require that they have good gear. I don't really care what camera brand they're using. They could be Nikon, Canon. I use Sony. However, if they use Nikon or Canon, I'm not going to say no to that because I can't expect someone to have the same camera gear as me. I mean, yeah, it's nice when they do, but that's not always guaranteed. It makes editing a little bit more work, but this isn't the type of career where you can just sit back and not work. So I do look for them to have a good camera body, preferably dual card slots, because that allows them to be able to keep one card for themselves and me keep the other, and I'll explain that more in a little bit, as well as prime lenses and at least one zoom lens. The reason why I require them to have dual card slots is because I want them to have a backup of those photos for at least 30 days, of those raw photos for at least 30 days for me, which is just an extra step to have a backup in case something were to happen. The reason why I say 30 days is I deliver my wedding galleries in two weeks or less, and my client has 30 days to make revisions. And this is an unpopular opinion among many photographers, but I do not keep any raw images past 30 days. There's no reason for me to keep those raw images if I'm educating my client that they are going to be archived or deleted within 30 days and they need to make any of those editing choices and make sure they download all of their photos within those 30 days. I keep the final edited JPEGs, but I do not keep the raw files. So for instance, if someone saw me take a picture of Aunt Sue and Aunt Sue passed away, but they didn't see it in their gallery and they knew I took that photo, they would need to require or ask that of me within those 30 days. There's going to be a lot of feedback about that, and it's not all going to be positive feedback. It's going to be, <laughs> and that's okay. It's just how I run my business. My way of doing things is not the way that everybody else does them, and they don't always think it's the right way either. And I believe everybody has their own right way of doing business because it's their baby they've created it from the ground up and they run their business how they they feel fit another reason why i require them to have a good camera body is because camera bodies that aren't top quality aren't very reliable also i want them to have that full frame capability of a prime lens i don't want them on a crop sensor i did build my business myself on a crop sensor camera but now to where I'm at with my experience and how fa how long I've been in this business, I don't use crop sensors. I use frame or I use full frame and I expect the people that I work with as well as my second shooters to use full frame as well to match my style as well as the high quality that comes from a full frame camera. We're going to get really raw in this next little topic I'm going to talk about when it comes to second shooters because there's so many different opinions about this that if you were to post a question about this particularly in a forum asking for honest answers, you might see some nasty comments from photographers. You might see some positive ones, but all in all, it's a really mixed and there's never a direct answer about it. 
I'm going to put it two different ways as what I allow my second photographers to do as well as what I expect as a second photographer when I'm working for other photographers. And this is my opinion. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. To me, it's right. And I'll explain why I think that's right. Basically, if you are second shooting a wedding or you have someone second shooting for you, they should be able to keep those images. They are not an employee of yours if they are contracted and they do own their own business. They own their own equipment. Therefore, they hold the copyright to those images. You should not be selling away your copyright to other photographers if you're second shooting for them. You are creating that work. So I do allow my second photographers to keep their images, which is why I like them to have a dual card slot as well. That way they can put their own SD card in as the backup. They keep that SD card, obviously, because it's theirs. They get to sift through those images that they took. They can edit them as they like, and then they can post them later on and use them in their portfolio, as well as keeping a backup for me, which is by the time I go through my backups, it's like my third backup. As far as posting those images, like I said earlier, I deliver my wedding galleries within two weeks or less. So as soon as I deliver that gallery, I always notify my second photographer. I'm like, hey, I've sent this gallery off. You can post as you'd like. I let them tag whatever vendors they want. Equal opportunity around here, guys. I just don't allow them to tag the clients. And there's only one reason why. The stigma of other photographers stealing clients because they're tagging your clients from second shooters is not the reason why I don't allow them to do this. One, you shouldn't even be worried about that. You should have enough confidence in your work and your career and you as a person that you should be booking your own clients no matter what anybody else is doing. You've already booked that wedding. You've already completed that wedding. That portfolio is done move on to the next thing, and don't worry about the past. I hope that makes sense. The reason I don't allow them to tag clients, though, is because it can be confusing for clients trying to find out where their images are coming from. So if one of my second shooters were to accidentally post before I delivered their gallery, it could cause confusion with my client saying, hey, so-and-so tagged me in this photo, but I know you're the one I hired. Am I getting my photos from them or you? What's going on? And it can cause a lot of confusion, and I don't want that, and I don't want to have to educate that to them because that doesn't look very professional on my end. I want everything to be one brand and very seamless and very user-friendly for my clients. I don't want them to have to stress about where to find things. But as soon as those two weeks are up or I've delivered that wedding gallery, my second shooter has access to post whatever they want, whenever they want, however they want. That is a highly unpopular opinion across the photographer community. And I know that this is just how I run my business. I also expect the same when I second shoot for somebody else. I expect once they deliver the gallery to their clients, I should be able to use my images however I want and see fit. With my editing. Let me make that clear. When these images are posted for me as, sec as a second shooter, or I have a second shooter photographing for me and they are posting images from a wedding they've done with me, they are editing them for their style. They are not taking their images that I've edited and delivered and posting them on their portfolio. 
that's a representation of my work and that's a copyright of my editing. However, if they take the images they took, which they own the copyright to, and they edit them, which they own that style, then they are allowed to post whatever they want, whenever they want, however they want. There are a few circumstances where that might not play, and that might be if the client requests not to be posted on social media. That rarely ever happens. If you're educating your clients and they know you have a heavy social media presence, then they probably know that you're going to post them on social media, and they won't even bring that up. Or they won't even hire you if they don't expect to be on social media. I have a list of people that I reach out to first that I've worked with before that I vibe with really great. They know how I work. They know how I flow. They know I'm very type A. They know my personality and we have a great time together. I reach out to those people first. And then when, when or if those people are not available for certain dates, I will reach out into forums and ask, Hey, is anybody available a second shoot? And Almost 99% of the time, you get at least 10 to 20 comments on people wanting to work with you who either need the experience, don't have that date booked, and want to have something booked that day and make some money, or just want to add some more content into their portfolio. So that is when I would go look for photographers that I haven't worked with yet when it comes to second shooting. When it comes to preparing them for the day of, I always send them 30% up front. That way they can hold that date. Usually 30% is comparable to what a one-hour session would be for them cost-wise. So if they are working all day with me for eight hours and at $50 an hour, that's $400. And I would send them 30% of that for up front as soon as they said, yeah, I can do that date with you. And then I would send the remainder the week of. There's a lot of times that some of my second shooters will travel to weddings with me just because they want the variety and they want different places in their portfolio. And that helps them cover like travel expenses and things like that. If they do expect me to pay a travel fee for them, then I will. But not a lot of them do that. They usually just take it out of what their pay is because they're getting that opportunity to work somewhere different. I also go ahead and let them know that. If it's 30 days before the wedding that I've already set up a second shooter for the wedding, I let them know that I usually get the bride and groom or the couple's timeline um, the month of. And as soon as I receive that and create the timeline, I will go ahead and email it over to them and send them any details that I've received thus far. Also, what I forgot to mention, I always send a second photographer agreement when I send them their first 30%. So I'll send them their agreement, wait for them to sign it, and then I'll like Venmo them the first 30%. I want to make a little hint here to another reason why I go ahead and send them money up front. And that is because it initially makes them more apt to be there. You will find that more second shooters will back out on wedding days if they haven't been paid yet. This has happened to me countless times the week of and you're struggling to find someone to shoot that wedding with. You don't want that. So if you think money up front is going to help you with that problem, why not just go ahead and do it? The client's already paid your retainer. Take the money out of that retainer pay your second photographer up front 30%, 50%, whatever you want to do. And that gives them more insurance, reassurance, assurance, whatever 
endurance, you want to call it, to be there and be obligated to be at that wedding day with you. With the timeline, I also go ahead and send them like the location. If they need to be at a separate location than me starting at the day of, like for getting ready photos and things like that, I let them know about that way ahead of time. And then what time they're leaving. They are always included in having a meal with me at the wedding. I require my clients to feed me. I'm there for eight plus hours usually. I I need to be fed or I become a zombie. But those are kind of the logistics. When it comes to the actual photographing part, I expect them to know what to do with groomsmen and groom as far as groomsmen group shots, wedding party stuff, groomsmen by himself, them getting ready together, you know, like the best man fixing the tie. I expect them to know how to do that all by themselves just in case I need to send them to do that all by themselves. I don't usually let my second photographers go off without me to a particular group of people. Usually we photograph everything together. That way we get multiple angles of everything, which is the main reason for a second photographer. But in the case the timeline runs behind, which it usually always does, some a lot later than others, I can send them off to do something by themselves and they're very capable of handling it. The angles throughout the day are usually me as a lead photographer. I do front and center. I'm always the main point of contact. The eyes are always looking in my camera lens and then my second shooter is always secondary. She or he is going around me and getting different angles and close-up shots, whatever focal lengths we're on. So if I'm like on a 35 millimeter and I'm on a wide angle, they will be on a tighter focal length, like an 85 or a 50, possibly even like a 135. So we're always opposite on focal lengths. That way those different angles and different uh, different aspects of the initial image are there. Second photographers are also there to get the candid shots and a lot of detail shots that lead photographers miss because they are delegating what's happening in the moment or they are navigating or they are instructing clients how to stand, etc. So if the lead photographer is working with family stuff and hors d'oeuvres are being passed around, the second photographer could go grab detail shots of their orders because obviously nobody has seen those yet and those photos haven't been taken. I also usually send my second photographer to do cocktail hour coverage of people mingling and things like that. Guests know that there's going to be photographers at weddings so when they show up and they know they're standing around they usually expect to be on camera. I like to also have my second photographers help me with family formal portraits after the ceremony. So I always send my clients a questionnaire 30 days before their wedding day and I have them list out their family groupings for their family portraits. We always start with that list and anything extra like requests or things that weren't listed or things that were missed, they are always done after. Just because it sets up a very, very nice boundary for what photos we have to get for sure and then going beyond that with extra time if we have it. It keeps everything very organized. I have them list their family members names out that way when we call them out they are there ready and present. So while I'm set up photographing the actual image of the family portrait I have my second photographer with the list of family groupings and she is making sure that all the family members are present that need to be in photos as well as getting them ready to be in the next photo as far as calling out their name or making sure they're on deck for the next photo, etc. 
Lastly, the one thing that's really, really minute when it comes to second photographers, and I don't really see this happen often, and I don't really expect my second photographers to do it because it's so natural for me to go ahead and do it, that is setting up equipment when it comes to reception time. I have a three off-camera flash setup system for photo, and then I have a two LED light system for video. And depending on what I need and what I use, I usually just go ahead and set it out there myself just because it's so like natural for me to do it. But if I need help or if I'm busy doing something else and the second photographer notices that that stuff hasn't been set up yet, they go ahead and set that up for me. Working with second photographers are great. Like I said, you can make lifetime friends out of second photographers. You can find second photographers that you love to work with. And in exchange, you can be their second photographers and you're like this tag team that always works together. And anytime vendors see you at weddings, you're always together. This is actually what happened to me with a girlfriend of mine in um, South Carolina. I started working with her and now it's just every time those vendors see us together, they're like, oh, they're back. So it's a it's great time making friends with photographers and vendors. Is it always going to be hunky-dory? Absolutely not. Are you going to love every second photographer you come across? Absolutely not. You're going to have to find your way in the risky ocean of weddings and the industry and the photography industry. There's going to be some currents. There's going to be some, you know, storms. But there's also going to be a lot of calm and going to be some sunny days out there. And it really is a reward when you can find those people that you love, love, love to work with. Last thing I want to mention about a second photographer before I wrap this up for you guys is that when they do, is that at the end of the day, when all is said and done, the workday is done, our eight hours are up, all I do is have that second photographer hand me their SD card that I gave them and the day is done. Simple as pie, easy as that. There's no bringing my laptop to the reception and uploading their photos. There's no Dropbox transfer. There's none of that messiness. It's just one SD card. I take it home. I upload their photos to my computer. I upload it to my hard drive. They have a backup on their SD card, and that's three backups. And the wedding day is done, and it's on to the editing process. Also, I forgot to mention this and probably one of the most important reasons you should have a second photographer always is it is insurance for you. If anything at all were to happen to you on the wedding day, you had a panic attack and went into the ER, you passed out and went to the ER, you had a family emergency, someone in your family is in an accident and you have to abruptly leave for any reason that you cannot be there, they step in your spot. And they become the lead photographer. Another great reason why you should hire experienced photographers as a second photographer. Especially ones that do weddings. Your clients are going to love you for this later on. I 100% guarantee it. Working with a second shooter is amazing. You will love it. I recommend you do it for every wedding that you have. Whether your client can afford it or not, just go ahead and pay the extra money to have one. It's going to make you feel more at ease. You're going to be spending the day with someone who understands what you're doing. You're going to get different angles for your portfolio. And you're going to have a different set of eyes on things that might see something differently than you do. And that brings out creativity in galleries for your clients. So guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a quick one. And I love, love, love that 
we are able to talk about these things on the podcast and be really, really raw and truthful about them. And I hope you enjoy listening. Continue to follow me over at CNSHA Photo Co. on Instagram for all updates, all of our weddings that we do, and our newest wedding films. Until next week, I'll talk to you guys then. Bye. Thank you.